Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. So, uh, this is John Muller here. I'm here with special guest Giselle. And I want to introduce her. So, myself, uh, maybe you know. I was a spiritual, um, I am a spiritual coach. I was a Buddhist monk for many years. Um, I have a degree in psychology. I was a counselor for many years as well. So my background is like wellness. I really love helping people. And uh, I'm here today because I want to show off one of the coolest people I know, Giselle. And she, uh, she's a, a life coach as well. I'll let her tell you what she does. But basically, she's a really cool person. And I love to introduce you best people that I know. So Giselle, can you tell us like who you are, what you do, and that kind of stuff? John, thank you so much. That was really a wonderful introduction. I don't know if I deserve that, but I'm taking it. Thank you. <laughs> thank You're you welcome. so much. You're um, yeah, well, a little bit about me. I am a yoga teacher. I've been a yoga teacher for a very, very long time, for decades. And um, I was a life coach. I became a life coach about 15 years ago. And what I do basically is I combine the best of both of those modalities. So I coach women and I coach men also, but um, I have a lot of women and a lot of women come to me with a lot of issues where they're starting to feel very disempowered in their lives. Sometimes they go through life, they go through their lives serving everyone else. And all of a sudden they wake up one day and they're very depleted. So what I do is I take them through um, a program, which combines and integrates the body and the mind and the spirit. So it's a physical and a mental and a spiritual connection that I start to get them um, in touch with because a lot of times they lost it. And that's basically what I do. And, and I also include my horse because I have a horse and I do equine wisdom coaching. So I take my clients occasionally with me to the stable and I take them through a series of really wonderful processes where they start to learn so much more about themselves just through the power of the horse. Amazing. Wow. So I want to talk more about the horse at some point because I'm really uh, interested and curious about that. But can we just go back to uh, what you said about um, you know helping women who are spending their life kind of giving and putting their energy outside themselves and feeling depleted and I think that, could you just speak to that, to that problem a little bit? Because I feel like it's really common and a lot of people listening are probably going to relate a lot. I know as a man, I don't quite relate as much. So can you just explain what that means? Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of this stems from my own background, John. So the reason why I do what I do is because of what I experienced in my own life. And I know that a lot of women experience the same thing. So um, as a child, I grew up in... A dysfunctional family, you know. I mean, I love my mother, my father, my siblings, and all, but to say that it was um, normal would be quite a stretch. It wasn't normal. But um, as a child, I experienced a lot of abuse, a lot of physical abuse, mental, emotional, and it was 
in the home. And then because that felt so familiar to me, I accepted it outside of the home. So basically what that means is I went from the frying pan to the fire. And I went from a really terrible, dysfunctional family life. And it felt so familiar to be beaten up and it felt so familiar to be criticized. And it felt so familiar to be hated that when I left my house at an early age, um, I went right into the same thing with people that was that were in my life. So I accepted abuse there also. The abuses that I suffered after I left ha my house were even worse than when I was at home because um, it landed me in the hospital quite a few times with, um, you know, severe, severe abuse in every sense of the word. Wow. Now, this is really a tale of happiness, okay? Um, I don't tell everybody this because I want them to feel sorry for me. As a matter of fact, when I talk about it, I talk about it with a lot of joy because it changed my life because it allowed me to look at what was really wrong and examine it and find what I needed to do to climb out of that wreckage. And I found what I needed to do. And it was so spectacular and it was so wonderful. The more I started to realize the truth of everything, I knew that I was onto something really, really great. And I knew that I could help other people. But I didn't get to that place right away. It took me years and years and years of suffering and then a lot of studying and a lot of soul searching. And um, eventually I just got to the place where I am right now, which is a beautiful place. Wow. No, I can attest that you seem to be in quite a beautiful place. I mean, you can kind of tell, like, you know, the, the fruits of somebody's practice, they're going to wear it. People wear the fruits of their own practice. And, you know, you, uh, you clearly have a presence. For me, that's very peaceful, loving, and happy, and confident, and strong. So it's, it's clearly working, whatever you're doing. So I just think, um, yeah, like what you said about just being used to uh, the, the pain, the suffering, the trauma, and being treated a certain way. And you said that you were willing to accept that when you went out and that it became worse. And I think that um, it's not just accept, but that people sort of expect it, or it's like a sign of love, right? It's a sign of love. It like, it's created this sort of like, call it like an empty puzzle piece inside us. And like someone has the right piece, like, if I get beaten in my childhood and then I d stop, I, have, I might feel like people who love me beat me or people who I need so much in my life beat me. And you find someone else and as soon as they do it, like, oh yes, good, I connect. We, can, we got each other here. So that must be a really interesting process to reverse, right? Because that I can, can for a lifetime. I can tell that you have done much studying in this regard because not everybody can really identify that aspect and that is exactly what it is. It's almost like you almost, and unfortunately it's, this is really sad, and it's not almost, it is real. You mistake abuse for love and you start to feel the abusive process and feel like somebody loves me so much. Like in other words, when I was beaten up, you know, by a mate, um, I would say he must, he must love me so much because he's so jealous of me that he, he's, he's outraged because he's so jealous because he loves me so much. And that's why he's beating me up sick. But that is what you think as an abused woman, right? Yeah. That's the classic abuse. Yeah. It's the classic abuse syndrome. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, that's a clear misunderstanding. I mean, now people, tell me what you think. I think that people have various different natures and some of them are higher natures, some of them are a bit lower, more like the animal instinct kind of stuff. And that seems like an animal kind of a thing, right? Like someone is claiming territory over me a little bit. Someone wants to possess me as their property. That must mean that, you know, that they care about me. It's a very, I would say, a low vibe uh, relationship. <laughs> well, actually, you know, it's definitely not from the animal kingdom because animals don't act that way. Animals are so completely different. In fact, they're so much more evolved than we are in that area. Um, but what I would say it is more than anything else, it's kind of like a dance. You've got to have the willing participant and the perpetrator. And the participant really looks for the perpetrator. It, you know, somebody, like when I was going through that, I would actually look for the sickest type of person because I wanted to heal them. And I would go for the person that was abusive because I would think, here's my opportunity to right the wrong. I can take mommy and daddy who really weren't nice to me and I could see that in this person, and this is my opportunity to love them so much that they're gonna change for me and I can right the wrong that was done to me years ago. Okay? Make sense? It does, it's crazy, but- It, it is I, crazy. It's crazy that I understand what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like, now tell me what you think. I think it's like a little bit like a badge of honor too. Like, like look how patient and, um, I don't know if they're, where submissive is the best word, but like yeah. patient, like how womanly feminine I am, like I can take all this. Like, man, like I'm like, look at how bad he is. I'm, I'm, I'm really special, right? That's is right. There, is there like an ego thing involved? Oh, there certainly is. Oh my God, yeah. You know, it's funny because a lot of women will actually think that because she is putting up with the abuse, that it's a sign that he loves me because he's still with me and that's how special I am. You know, I'm so special. He's still with me, you know, and I'm the only one that can put up with this. So I'm the one, I'm the woman. Boy, I'll tell you, thinking about oh, that, God. it's terrible and okay. it's sad, but it's really sad, John, because this is what a lot of women are going through. And then not only is it in the relationship department, but it, it actually, um, goes into other areas of their lives also where they're doing the same thing with their children, with their jobs, mm -hmm. they're accepting abuse, they're accepting the low end of things because they don't think that they deserve anything better than that. And that's when they come to me and that's where I get these women that are broken and they are at, at the bottom and they don't know where to go and they don't know how to change it around. And that's when I start doing what I do with them. It's amazing. And, yeah. They all find you. I know. I hope Everybody so finds you. All yeah. the women in various stages of their own development. I hope they find you because you're great. Oh, thanks. I want to ask you about what turned it around for you. So you mentioned that you started practicing various things to yes. that were like physical, mental, spiritual. Yes. But like, can you elaborate a little bit on what what were some of the mindset tweaks and what were some of the practices and energetic shifts and whatever that that changed your situation? Okay, so I will start off with the fact that horses had a lot to do with it. Horses, oh, okay. horses. okay. Yes, yes. Now, I was also into yoga at a very young age. Don't ask me how or why I was so drawn to yoga, but I actually was really drawn to it at a really young age. I'm going to say around 10. 
And all I remember is the first time that I went into yoga, I was drawn to it by a book that I saw. I went into the library because I was always in the library as a kid. I was lonely. I was in the pet shops and in the libraries. That's all I did. <laughs> I swear. I was looking for love. I was looking for connection. And books did it for me and pets did it for me. So I was either in the pet store looking for a hamster or a snake or a toad or anything I could grab and love. Um, or I was in the library. So anyway, I went to the library and I pulled this book out. And the book was fascinating because it had pictures of these people doing these beautiful things with their bodies, you know, doing these really amazing things that I couldn't imagine how a human body could do this. So I was drawn to it and I started to read it and it was a yoga book. And from there I started to read, but this is the amazing part, John. When I got to the part about meditation and how to meditate, I read it and I was really, really astounded because what it told me to do, how to meditate, how to get silent and focus on one thing and just bring your awareness to one thing. I was already doing that on my own as a mm. child. It was a way that I would escape the reality of the abuse that I was going through. And I would just go in my room, shut the door and just focus on a word, one word. And I was doing this on my own without ever knowing anything about yoga or meditation. So when I read it in the book, I was really amazed. Um, anyway, needless to say, I started reading about yoga, practicing some of the poses, you know, to the best of my ability. And then through the years, I just started working more and more and more. There were no teachers around at that point, but I just became very immersed in yoga on my own. The other part was horses. There was a stable that was not that close to my house, but it was within walking distance. And I would walk to the stable every moment, every minute that I could, I would go to the stable, you know, and the horses were such a connection for me. They didn't judge me. They were beautiful animals. And I really felt like a very strong bond with the horses and that never left me. So that's the reason why I am working with horses today. And if you do any research with horses, on horses. There's so much therapy that is done today with people with horses and it really changes someone totally. Yeah. That's so interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, I mean, human beings have a very long history with horses, right? As being companions and mates and kind of, you know, it's like the dog, but you know, they were even more functional for human beings for a long time. Yes, we, we, we relied on horses in a big, big way for a long time. So I'm not sure exactly what that means, but there's obviously some karmic connection there. I wonder, like, what is it just their energy or is there are there specific mental shifts that happen? Like, what do you think it is? OK, I know. I know what it is um, in a big way. First of all, horses are prey animals. So that means that they have had to run for their lives in order to survive. Horses are not the ones that are aggressing or aggressive towards something else. They are, they are encroached upon and they're eaten by other animals. So they like have had a tiger, oh, wolves, wolves, bears, uh, not bears. I'm sorry. Wolves. Um, you know, the, a lot of the big cats, um, any hyenas, you know, there are so many animals out in the wild that, that make a meal out of a horse. Okay. So horses have had to, become very aware of their surroundings. 
So their intelligence is not like a dog, it's different. They have a very high sense of awareness that is far beyond a lot of animals. Their eyes are wide set on the sides of their head. That means they could see pretty much even behind their bodies. Their capability of feeling something before it's even near them is very high. Okay. So their ability to read a person is very great. Okay. And that is why, that is why a horse can bond with you very, very strongly, but it can also be repelled by you very strongly. If you're a mean person or if you're having a bad day or you're in a bad mood, don't go near a horse. Mm. He will not want to be near you. He'll move away. He'll back away. He might even get a little bit angry towards okay. you. So okay. that's, that's the reason. And the other thing with women, because women and horses, there's a real bond. And it's because women are vulnerable and so are horses. So women are bonding with horses in a different way because of the fact that they share some very uh, similar traits. Women are vulnerable. Uh, a lot of times we've had to run, you know, for our lives, um, you know, where I'm not saying that men are bad, but a lot of times we've had to be, you know. Women, kind of like, women are the prey. In the, we are. We, yes. Yes. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. And, uh, and the other part also is, John, that there's something that is um, something that's indescribable. And that means that it goes way beyond the functioning level of our brains. There, there is an energy bond between people and horses that you really cannot articulate, but it's definitely there. Okay. An energy bond. Okay, cool. All right. So um, I'm assuming that you, you hold retreats and things like that to, to take women out with horses with you, or is it something that you're practicing just on your own right now? Well, yeah, the retreats that I do right now are basically just for women to come to learn the practices that I do. So um, I have something called the Goddess Blueprint, and okay. it is a certain amount of steps. It's 10 steps that women go through, and they learn how to become powerful again. The horses, that has to be one-on-one -on -one, um, or with a group, but they've got to be able to come to my place. So a lot of times I will work with women virtually around the world. I have people in lots of different locations, and we can bond and connect one-on-one -on -one through my membership site. But in order to work with the horse, that's got to be in person. Gotcha. So, mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so can you tell, tell us more about the Goddess Blueprint and what that is? Yeah. Well, the Goddess Blueprint is something that I put together because of my own steps that I know that I had to take when I was going through all this stuff. And so I started to take note of what I was doing that was really helping me to get better and to get stronger. Okay. So I made sure that I put all these things down and it took me a while. It took me a couple of years actually to really um, get this to where I know that it is a true system and it really, really works. And it just starts off with the very first thing, which is make a decision now to stop accepting less than you deserve. And this is for pretty much everybody. It doesn't just have to be women, but Women especially, because a lot of times we have devoted our lives to others, family and husbands and children and everything else, and we have put ourselves last. And that's why we're waking up saying, what am I doing? You know, I'm lost. I don't feel good. So the first thing, most important, make a decision. If you don't make that decision, nothing else happens. That's it. Amazing. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's really powerful. Yeah, I think that has nothing to do with women or men. That decision. That's just a beautiful decision. Exactly. 
exactly. Yeah, and there's a couple of other things too. I mean, there's a lot of things that I do. Um, but there's three things that I like to make sure that I give to a lot of the people, even before they get into my courses or anything like that. And the first thing is so important and it's clarity of thought. So nothing happens without that clarity of thought. You know, you can have something in your heart, but if it's wishy-washy or it's just kind of like you don't know which way to go, you're never going to get there. So you've got to get really clear on what it is, okay? Clarity of thought. The second thing is the quality of your actions. How are you going into these things that you want to do? What's the quality that you're using? If you go into something with bad intentions or the quality of what you're doing isn't good, you know you're gonna be a failure. You know it's not gonna work. So you've gotta have quality in the actions of what you're doing, okay? That's the second thing. And then the third thing is consistency. You cannot do something just for a little while and then give up because it's not working. You know, honestly, if you look at all the famous inventors and geniuses of the world, they all came up with the things that they did because of persistence. They all hit brick walls too. They all hit dead ends. You yeah. cannot get there without being a really into really being consistent. You've got to have consistency, you know? That's so true. I think, uh, was it uh, Edison who said, after failing like a thousand times, uh, people made fun of him. He said, no, I just found a thousand ways that don't work. <laughs> that's exactly and, right. That's, kind of, that's yeah. kind of it, isn't it? We just find the ways that don't work. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. And don't curse it. Bless it. And say, this is another thing that I know I don't want to do. You know? So bring on something else, you know? And having the intention in your heart, the desire with emotion. It is so important. If you don't have emotion... In with that desire, it's cold. It's cold, you know? You gotta have the fire. Fire, the fire with the desire and the emotion, and you're gonna get what you want. You're gonna get it. Nice. Yeah. Now, I'm really interested in, in the very first, in all those things are really cool, but I really love the first, well, I like all of them. Clarity of thought, uh, quality of actions, uh, what was the third one? Consistency. Consistency. Yeah. Um, and even before that, about not accepting less than you deserve. That's right. Making can a decision. You, can you That's guide us through a way of making that decision? How would we? How do we go about making this kind of decision in a way that shakes our mind? Mm. Well, you know, this is the thing. I counsel and I coach so many women, and they stay stuck for such a long time because they never make that decision and it's fear that stops them. So what I will say is that if you can just look at whatever it is that you want and find the fear that's in there, the fear of your success, that will allow you, if you, if you identify that fear and you know what it is, you can make that decision afterwards because you'll get rid of that fear. Now the fear is usually a fear of loss. You know, we are human beings. We've got emotions. We have things that we go through every single day that formulate how we feel about things and our belief systems, okay? We develop these fears usually just because of the things that we're going through every day, but the fear of loss is major. So you could be afraid of losing your youth or your mate or your job or your popularity, you, you know, or, or your country. You know, hey, listen, the reason why wars are fought is because of fear. 
It's because of one country being afraid that another country is going to come in or another faction is going to come in and take what we have. It's all fear-based. If you can identify the fear and really get serious about that, because you're going to have to do some soul searching. When you find that fear and you identify it and get rid of it, you can make the decision. And the decision is to grow. It's to stop accepting less than you deserve. But that only comes from the soul searching and getting rid of the fear that's stopping you. You know? Okay. Okay. That's powerful. And yeah, I'm just wondering, I'm just making the decision for myself to, to do that. And uh, okay, so everyone, everyone who's listening, I'm sure that there's tons of women who are listening who want to find out more about you. How can they find you out and how can they uh, join your groups or whatever? Okay, so you can go on to GiselleToner.com. That's my website. And on GiselleToner.com, there are lots of ways where you can connect with me. One of the ways is you can actually get a free ebook that I put together that's um, it's really good. It's called the quick quote workbook for power and purpose. And what it does is it gives you um, many, many quotes every day. You'll get a new quote. What you do is you'll read the quote and you'll allow it to stir something in your mind or in your heart. That's going to motivate you. And you write down the action step of, of what you're going to do as a result of reading that quote and how it's going to put you into another direction to go into something where you're going to take an action. So that is free. So if you go onto my website, get the workbook and then I'll be able to connect with you and then I can give you more information about all the other stuff that you want. Okay, cool. Yes. Oh, and also, and also if you really want to get into yoga, go to my website for yoga, which is gigantic. I put it together myself over a period of many years and it's called eternityyoga.com. Okay. Eternityyoga.com. Well, if I uh, wasn't such a, a manly man, I would go and join your groups. I'm not. You can please come and oh. join my group. Please. <laughs> I would love to have you. We really need a male perspective. No, I would. I would join for sure. Uh, I'll, I'll become the god. Right? Yes. Honestly, we do need. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you about that. I swear. We need, we need men like you. Oh, thank you. Yes, we do. The world needs men like you. Yeah, it takes a little bit more courage to like to to be less insecure. I think insecurity is the thing that causes the the macho ness. Yeah, being super macho is just a um, a a a prideful kind of cover up for the insecurity that is underneath. So being it's like the same like when you can get when you can start to address the insecurity and, and accept your vulnerability right. basically then you can just feel more more courageous i've i've become a lot more courageous by looking at and accepting the various parts of myself yeah. uh, because i don't feel like there's a little weak thing that i'm trying to protect it's not really there there's no weakness there but um if i'm not checking i'm afraid to look then i just let it linger you know I let it stay Right. So I have done a lot of kind of work like that, and as a result, I'm less macho and kind of fake than maybe some other people. But uh, it's a good example. It's just hard for some men to see it as a positive thing. But yeah, 
See, that's what we need, John. That's what we need. We really do. And you know, you just hit it right on the head. You are absolutely so on point with that one. Because there are so many men that are really, they're coming from a place of fear, believe it or not. They may look they may look like they're strong and macho. Meanwhile, they got so many insecurities inside of them. And it translates into anger and aggressiveness and, you know, mistreating women and, and lots of other things, oh, yeah. right? Oh, for sure. Yes. It's very much the same. It's, it's the, yeah, that's, that's the reason people lash out at women or attack weak people, like all the bullying stuff is they feel, they're feeling really weak inside. Yeah. So, so yeah, we need guys like you. Okay, well, I'll join your program if I can, or let's uh, let's talk about it. Yay! I will if I can, and uh, yeah. Yay! Okay, so I think we're getting close to the end of this interview, but um, thank you so much, and I really hope everyone follows up with you and uh, takes your yoga classes and gets your uh, your quote, quick quote worksheet for mm-hmm. power. For power yeah. and purpose. Power and purpose. Yes. Yes. Alrighty then. Well, uh, thank you so much. And is there any last words that you have before we go? No, I just want to say thank you so much, John, because it's really nice for me to be on the other end for a change because I'm usually the one doing the interviewing. So it's good to be in the hot seat. Thank you. <laughs> you are welcome. All right. All right. Well, see you later. And bye, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And check us out again next time. Okay. Bye, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.